coming in. Very, very different from the norm, of course. And some people are saying this is the new normal. And it may be this way for a little while. But uh, we're believing that um, if this is the time for the rapture to take place, well, that's good. We're ready. I hope we're ready. Are you all ready? Amen. If not, well, um, you know, they try to stop the church before from meeting. And the more they try to stop the church, the more the church grew. Amen. And so we're going to believe God that that's going to continue to happen. Amen. Joel chapter 2 and verse number 1. I'm continuing this month in our series on a certain sound. The sound of the trumpet must be clear. It must be certain so that we would know what to do. We have to have a, a clear message. And uh, the trumpet was used in, the, in, in Israel for many, many things, including assembling together, the announcement of a new king. Of course, we talked about the Jubilee a couple of weeks ago, how the sound of the trumpet announced the freedom for all people that were enslaved. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to Joel chapter 2, verse 1, if you would stand in honor of God's word. The Bible says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. I think that's what we're seeing today. For the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. Did you read that? He said, it's coming, but it's already here. Amen. The day of the Lord is coming, but it's already here right now. Mark chapter 13. One more passage of scripture. Mark 13, verse 32 and 33. The blowing of the trumpet has allusions to the watchman that sat on the walls or the tower. The walls protected the city of Jerusalem from invaders, and it was the watchman's job at night to look out for those that would try to breach the walls. And so when he saw them, he would have to blow the trumpet and sound the alarm. Mark 13 and 32, Jesus speaking, but of the day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. Amen. I want to talk to you today on very, very simple thought. Watch and pray. This is a very simple message. This is what is required of this hour. This is the order for the day, is that we as a church in this hour must watch and pray. Would you pray with me one more time? Father, we thank you for what you're doing through the church. Lord God, in the midst of, of such uh, terrible things that are happening in our world, we pray that you would use us, that you would anoint us as your people to do your work Anoint your people right now. Anoint those that are joining us through their homes and through live stream and in the connect groups. We ask you to bless each and every one of us. Anoint your servant and let us hear from you for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you, everyone. You may be seated. Praise God. Uh, this is a common phrase and a coupling of two words that is quite common in scripture, to watch and pray. 
in Christianity, it sounds, it's become more like a slogan, a uh, figure of speech that's quite common. A slogan of two words put together, a bit like, uh, you know, things like live and learn or love and marriage and uh, stop and shop, park and ride, or now they have car park in church. They're having church in a car park. <laughs> Brother Slack used to talk about that many years ago. But, but Jesus told us to watch and to pray. Peter uh, asserts in 1 Peter chapter 4, and verse 7, but the end of all things, he says, is at hand. Be therefore sober. He says, be awake. Don't be uh, intoxicated and don't be lulled into sleep. But he says, watch unto prayer. Amen. Watch and pray. Luke chapter 21, Jesus speaks these words. Uh, Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. He said, watch therefore and pray always so that you may be counted worthy, not that you are trying to earn the worth of salvation, but what he's referring to is that you are ready to be saved, that you are ready should Jesus come at any moment, at any time, you must be ready. Amen. So we have to watch and to pray. And, and I've never seen a time like this in all of my time as a Christian, even in all my time, my, my short years in this world, of of 40-something years, I've never seen a time like this. It's quite incredible, and and for some, it's alarming. And and this might be a little morbid of me, but I'm kind of excited. Uh, I'm I'm not excited about any pain or hardship, but, you know, it all has its place. But I've never seen a time like this, you know, where we're having to close the you know limit the church numbers to less than a hundred that's why there's so few here and everybody's watching on live stream and that's why we got to do you know a four square meters around us that we can't be near to the next person and you know i remember as a kid uh, the first time i kind of experienced this kind of mass fear and hysteria i remember vividly as a child uh, they were talking about how the Skylab was going to fall from the space and into the earth. Uh, you millennials don't know what I'm talking about, but some, some of you boomers know what I'm talking about. I was just a little kid. And, and I remember as a child this fear that, that was gripping the world because it was all over the news. And, and I, I can distinctly remember even as a child that, that how much I was so afraid because I was looking at the adults around me and we were listening to the radio and the TV and how this... Uh, some kind of space shuttle was going to fall into the sky. It was out of control, like a space laboratory. was going to fall out of the sky and going to land on our roofs. And I'm wondering, where shall I run? It's going to land. It's going to destroy our whole town. It's going to destroy our whole city. Uh, but, but it was just a, a space lab. And, and it ended up falling somewhere in, in outback Australia somewhere. This is back in the early, late 70s, I believe. And, uh, and, and I remember that time vividly, the fear. And then, of course, as time went on, we see these things happening in our world. Uh, there were the, the wars, like Vietnam War and the Gulf Wars. And then there was the HIV outbreak. Remember that? When Magic Johnson came out and everybody was scared, we're all going to get infected and, and until we found out exactly what was the deal with that. And then, and then, of course, there was a time where 
uh, we had the Y2K bug. You remember that? 99, that we were changing the millennia, the, the date from 90s to the 2000s, and somehow planes were going to fall out of the sky because the dates weren't configured properly, and, and we were all scared, and we, we, we counted them down, you know, we were at New Year's Eve, 99 to 2000, all the lights were going to go out, and, and, and of course, when they have nothing happened, when the time changed. And then recently, of course, with terrorism, that's been the plague of our society where it was just not limited to one part of the world, but in every city in the world, including the city of Sydney, we were exposed to terrorism and fear once again gripped our hearts. And, and just this year alone, in January, we had the bushfires where, where over 50 million hectares of land has been burnt up in this country. Is it hectares or acres? I can't quite remember, but a lot of land. And then in February, we had the rains and the floods that came. And then come March, we had this, this coronavirus that has now gripped the entire globe. It's paralyzed society as we know it. Planes have been canceled. Nations have been locked down. You can't travel to certain nations. And, and, and could it be all of this was triggered because we launched our theme for the year of together, amen, that the devil didn't like it. <laughs> The devil doesn't want us together, so he's got to find a way. Amen. I'm not saying that that's the case. Please, I'm just being facetious. Forgive me. I'm just mucking around here. But, but, but whatever it is, it is stopping us. And it could be that God gave us the theme of together because he foresaw that there was going to be something that would try to come in the way of our fellowship, of our unity. Oh, I'm telling you, the devil doesn't like the revival that's been happening in this church he doesn't like walking in here at 9 15 and at 11 15 and he sees the power of God being released in this place amen and that's why he didn't like it. and God knew and he's prepared us that you've got to stand together that even though you're separated by homes you can let your prayers rise up you can open up your mouth and begin to pray together Hallelujah, we might be apart. We may not be able to see each other anymore week to week, but let's see each other's faces when we get down and begin to pray for one another. I'm praying for Sister Tracy. I'm praying for Brother Mervin. I'm praying for Brother Samson. I'm praying, I'm praying. Let's remember to stand together in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. If there's anything that we can learn from this crisis, it's that it's time. It's the hour for us to get on our knees and say Lord I'm going to bombard heaven with my prayers and I'm going to pray this disease out of my nation hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like the church is like that watchman on the wall that we've got to blow the trumpet and say there's no need to fear. God is still on the throne, but you better get into the house. You better get into the boat. You better get in to the kingdom of God. Amen. To be saved and to be redeemed out of this thing. 
Oh, I've not, I know there's only a handful of people there, but can I get an amen from somewhere? Amen. Can I get an amen from that connect group, from you over there in that corner? If you can't say amen, type amen on Facebook. Pray, say praise God. Amen. We're going to get through this thing together. Amen. If somebody gets sick in the body of Christ, they don't have to do it alone, but we're going to surround them and build a hedge and a standing in the gap oh hallelujah you hearing what i'm saying glory to god hallelujah he said to watch and pray what does it mean to watch and pray it means to to be watching for the return of Jesus Christ. He said it all throughout scripture time and again. Mark 13 and 37. He said what I say unto you. I say unto all. Everybody watch. Revelations 3 and 2, be watchful, he says. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. And if therefore you shall not watch, I will come on you as a thief in the night. And you shall not know what hour I will come upon thee. Come on, brothers and sisters. It's time for us to get our eyes off of our circumstance to get our eyes so fixed off of the things of the world it's time to watch and to look and say Jesus I'm ready it may not come right now but I'm ready right now he may not come next week but God I want to look out for you next week I'm watching for his return glory to God that's what he said. He said, look for the signs. He said, no man knows the day or the hour. We don't know what day. We don't know what time. But he said, you can know the signs. You can know the seasons. That's how we know it's winter time because there's some signs to tell us it's winter. It's cold. The leaves have gone off the trees. And when you get up in the morning, it's a little harder. You know the sign of the seasons. We don't know the exact day or the hour, but Jesus already gave us the signs to look out for. He said, nation shall rise against nation he said there will be wars and rumors of wars he said it shall be like the days of Noah where they're going to be marrying and giving in marriage it's going to be like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah oh I would to God somebody would know what hour we're living in amen and here is here are, this is what else he said he said there will be pestilences or plagues he said but this is just the beginning of sorrows and he said don't fear don't fret but look up because your redemption is getting very close it's coming soon oh listen to this preacher today I want to declare to you that I believe that Jesus is coming back in my lifetime you're not gonna bury me but I'm gonna hear the trumpet sound hallelujah so we gotta watch amen you gotta keep one eye in the book yes we gotta go to work yes we gotta clean up the kids yes we gotta mow the lawn but one eye on your duties and the other eye you've gotta keep and say lord let me be ready don't let my heart become gripped with sin don't let my soul wander away from you oh hallelujah i wish i had time glory to god the Bible talks about the sons of Issachar. 
the sons of Issachar in the Old Testament, they had an understanding of the times. They had this incredible knowledge and insight. And folks, we, as a church of the living God, we have insight. We've got some inside information. Amen. It's unfair because God is whispering into our ears to say, don't you worry. I got everything under the palm of my hand. I got everything under control. He's already prophesied. He's already promised that these things are going to come to pass. But they are just signs to remind us that he could come at any time, at any moment, at any hour. We are in that season. We are in the last days. We are in the final hours of the return of Jesus Christ oh and what a glorious day that's gonna be you can say goodbye amen when the trumpet sounds you can say goodbye to that telephone bill you can say goodbye amen to that diabetes you can say goodbye to that heart condition because when you get up into the heavens with Jesus and when you look into his glorious face everything is gonna be changed everything Hallelujah. Glory to God. So to watch means to watch for his coming. Hallelujah. We've always been a people that has a hope beyond this world. That's what makes going through problems easier. It's to know that it's just temporary. It's to understand that this too shall pass Amen. it won't be very long when we're all back again i'm telling you when they remove the band this church is going to be packed and you know what's going to happen there's going to be a greater appreciation Oh, I don't care if they sing a little flat sometimes. I don't care if the preacher don't preach so good sometimes. Oh, but I'm with my family. I'm with my brother. I'm with my sister. When they lift the band, oh, devil, watch out. It's going to be revival. When they lift the band, we're going to come. Oh, we're going to start singing the songs even before the first song is sung. We're going to be marching through the doors and singing, oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, and the saints. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, Brother Greg. I'm not talking about the dragons. But when the saints go marching in, amen, we're going to see Jesus. We're going to have glory. A greater appreciation. Hallelujah. For the house of God. God's got a purpose for this thing. There's something to be redeemed for God's kingdom. I'm telling you right now, there's folks out there who don't know Jesus. They're getting on the internet and say, what is going on in this world? Maybe this Jesus thing that I heard 10 years ago, maybe there's something about this. I'm telling you, you better open up your Facebook because somebody's going to contact you and say, hey, are you okay? You got enough toilet paper? You said, yeah, I got plenty. You want some? I'll give you some toilet paper and I'll give you something else too. I'll give you the Bible. I'll give you the gospel. I'm telling you, we've got to watch. Keep your eyes open. Hallelujah. And as we become locked down further even, possibly, hey, Brother Ben, that's a possibility. Down to 50, down to 10, and we are isolated in our homes. We are quarantined in our homes by ourselves. Let me tell you, I know it's not fun. I know it's not convenient. But 
It's an opportunity for us to pray. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish you would see the power that we have more than ever before. This hour is calling the church to get on our knees and begin to rediscover the power of prayer. Hallelujah. I think the first thing you've got to understand about prayer is, is the, the purpose of prayer. I, I think when you get this, I, I got this revelation about prayer many years ago. And when I understood, when I had the revelation of prayer, it changed my prayer life. Amen. And you know, again, the thing about prayer is you don't have to be a theologian to pray. You don't have to have reverend in front of your name for you to be able to talk to God. Uh, you don't have to have been even in church for very long. It could be your first day in church. And you can talk to God. You can simply communicate with him. That's how, how simple God made it. He didn't make it like some kind of, some kind of quest, you know, like, like Hercules. You got you to gotta go do a quest and then you can, you can have access to whatever. No, he said, just open your mouth. Just begin to talk. Amen. But he, he, here's the key to, to your prayer life being reinvigorated is you've got to understand the purpose purpose of prayer I, out of anybody in this world that didn't need to pray they prayed the most from what I read in scripture was Jesus Jesus out of everybody would probably be the last person that needed to pray but of course Jesus was fully man and fully God and in his humanity he still needed to pray and he demonstrated that waking up early in the morning and separating himself, going to a solitary place, he would spend time in prayer. And you know, when he walked out of that prayer room, when he walked away from that time of communion with God, and he went out into the world and he began to minister, and he saw the needs of the people, he, 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 didn't, have, you know, he didn't have to wait, okay, well, you know, I know you're blind, and I know you need some help, so come on, disciples, let's, let's hold hands, swing our arms, sing kumbaya, and, and, and let's pray, you know, for two hours to see whether this... No, he walked out in the power of the Holy Ghost so that when he saw the, 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 the demoniac, he simply spoke to the demons and they had to go. He simply laid hands and he rebuked the blind eyes. He rebuked the, the sickness and he caused the deaf ears to be unstopped, the blinded eyes to be opened. Why? Where was the source? Well, you look at his disciples. His disciples who witnessed everything that he did, who saw him perform miracles who who saw him uh, you know multiply the bread and the fish to feed thousands of people when they came to Jesus they never asked him master teach us how to perform miracles teach us how to raise the dead they didn't say master teach us how to how to preach and how to talk to thousands no but you know what they asked they said master teach us to pray teach us to know how to pray because they understood that the key to Jesus his power and anointing was his prayer life was his connection to God and I've come to tell you folks as you are now having to go home earlier and having to isolate and, and social distancing you might be social distancing but don't spiritual disconnect with God but let me, let me tell you your power and your strength is in your connection and your communion with God Hallelujah. Glory to God. So why do we need to pray? If Jesus already knows everything, if he already knows the needs that I have, even before I knew it was a need, 
Why doesn't Jesus just say, come on, healed or, or changed, whatever it is. But, but what, listen to what, what the Word of God teaches us. If you look in Scripture, God did not move until the people of God prayed. Praise the Lord. But, but here, here's the key. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is the reason why we have to pray. Genesis 1 and 26. It simply says this. And God said, let us make man. I want to get the exact words for you. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. The reason why we have to pray is because when God created this world and he created man, he gave man authority and dominion over this world and autonomy over his own life. And when man became separated from God, God did not invade his life and, and, and just hijack his, his life and say, no, I'm going to live it for you. No, he gave us authority over this world. Amen. And because he is a spirit, he needs a, a way by which he can come into this world because a spirit that does not have a body is alienated, is illegal. It's an illegal alien. Amen. We are in this world by virtue of this physical body. Amen. This physical body is a representation of our spirit on the inside. And when our spirit separates from the body, we no longer belong to this physical material world. We are illegal aliens. Amen. That's why when God wanted to come into this world to redeem this lost humanity, he had to have a body in order for him to be legal in order for him to be legitimately here as a sacrifice in this world he needed a body amen and so as jesus went to the cross and shed his blood and died he died for our sins he died to pay the penalty for our sins so that we might have life and when jesus was resurrected from the dead and ascended into heaven remember what he said before he ascended he he said, I must go because if I don't go, the comforter cannot come. You couldn't have the two together. Amen. Because the body of Jesus went and now he sends the Holy Spirit down. Amen. And the Spirit of God fills a human body. And so when we pray, when we talk to God and we invite him into our circumstance, we invite him into our homes, we invite him into our situations, it it means we give God authority that he gave to us to come down and manifest himself in our lives. Amen. It's, it's a simple illustration that I use. It's just like when you rent a house, you sign a lease agreement with the landlord. Amen. And the lease agreement is a legal document that means you have authority over the house and your landlord can't just come in and help himself to your fridge and, and help himself to your drawers and, and help himself to whatever. He, that would be illegal. But if you say to the landlord, you can come in, I allow 
allow you to come in, you give him authority to enter the premises even though he owns it. Amen? Even though God owns everything, he owns this entire world, yet he will not lift a finger until we open up our mouths and say, God, I invite you into my circumstance. That's why the apostle said, you have not because you haven't asked for it. Amen. Don't complain to God that you don't have such and such. Maybe it's because you haven't opened up your mouth and say, God, I need help. Amen. If you ask him, he'll give it to you. If you open up your mouth, God will come in and help you. Glory to God. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. You don't have because you don't ask. Amen. And I'm not saying you're going to have everything that you want. And you might ask for, for a Ferrari. Doesn't mean you'll get a Ferrari. He said, well, I'm not going to give you a Ferrari. I give you a Corolla. You can have a Corolla. Amen. Because I know if I give you a Ferrari, you're going to drive away from church. But if I give you a Corolla, oh, I'm just going to church. I'm going to park down the back. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. He'll give us what we need. Not always what we want. Sometimes he gives us what we want. And as we walk with God, what we want is often what we need. And we'll begin to want what we need. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise God. So that's number one. I want to encourage you. I want to help you to get, get back into prayer. Praise God. Know the purpose of prayer. He would allow millions of Egyptians to become enslaved for hundreds of years. He, even though that's his people, he would allow them to become enslaved and not lift a finger. And I don't know if it's true or not, but it, the Bible tells us in the book of Exodus that when the cries of the people came up before God in heaven, he heard their cries and he remembered his covenant with Abraham. Amen. Could it be that the children of Israel never prayed like they really prayed? Or maybe he said, oh, God, help me. But, but when the, the burden became too much, all of them as a people began to pray corporately and began to cry out corporately. I'm telling you, uh, you may think to yourself, oh, well, I'm not much of a prayer. A prayer is for sister so-and-so who's spiritual. And I'll relegate prayer to, to, you know, Brother Ben, he's the minister. And I'll relegate prayer to somebody else. You might think that, oh, honey, you just get yourself in a situation when your back is against the wall when you lose your job or you find yourself in a hospital you find your daughter or your son in grave danger let me tell you you might not be a prayer but at that moment you'll begin to lift your voice and say God help me out of my circumstance and it was not until the cries of the children of Israel came up before the Lord, that God remembered his covenant with Israel, that he set in motion a series of events that would bring deliverance, the Bible says, with a high hand through his prophet Moses. Could it be that he will allow you and I to go through whatever it is that we go through until we begin to open up our mouths and say, God, come into my circumstance. Hallelujah. So understand, that prayer opens a portal. It opens, you know, like, like you remember Star Trek? You remember that? Beam me up, Scotty. 
Remember that portal in, in you know, Ragnarok? When, when Thor, you know, they use that, I got to put that sword, and then he kind of beams up. Prayer is like a portal. You remember the vision of Jacob? He saw angels ascending and descending on the ladder. When you open up in prayer and, and ask, begin to talk to God, you open up a door. And you might not see, you might just see the same old lounge room. You might just see the same old furnishings of the bed. And, and you know, it may not seem, but let me tell you, if you can begin to use your imagination as you pray and begin to worship Jesus, begin to lift him up, I'm telling you, you open a spiritual door to another dimension. That's why we are never counted out as believers. It's never over. There's always more to you than what you see on the outside I am more than these hands and this feet there's a dimension that you cannot see it's the power of God it's the Holy Ghost that's in me oh I wish I had five more people in this place that would get a little excited about your access to the King of Glory hallelujah That's point number one. I got three more. I'm going to rush through this. Number one, the why of prayer. You, everything starts with why. Simon Sinek said that. Start with why. Why do you go to church? Why do you do what you do? In order for things to change in your life, why do you, why do you keep watching that stuff? What is it, what's the need that you're trying to fill? Why do you keep smoking that stuff and drinking that stuff? What's, you got, if you, you're going to recover, you've got to start with why. And the why of prayer is so vital. Number two, you've got to be intentional. This is a simple, simple tip. If you want to have a prayer life, it's up to the individual. It's up to the believer. How much, how much, you want to, how much love you want to give to your spouse is not, does not have to be dictated to by your spouse. That's the thing with love it is, is it love has no limits. The new covenant is love. The old covenant is law. Law has limits. Law says don't kill. But love exceeds the don't kill. Don't kill is just the minimum. Love is, exceeds that. There's no, there's no ceiling to love. How much you want to love a, a person? How much you want to forgive somebody? There's no limit to that. And some folks say, oh, I can't forgive them anymore. They've, they've just done this too much. No, you can, it's your choice. How much of, and how much of God you want in your personal time. That's why we quote that psalm so powerful in this day and age. Psalms 91, remember we read it last week? He that dwells in the secret place. Where is the secret place? Remember that book, The Secret Garden? Remember that? I'm always wondering, where is the secret place? Well, the secret place is not a geographical location. It could be at work in your, your office cubicle. It could be in, in your bedroom. The secret place is where you are in communion with God. That, that it might just be an ordinary warehouse, but that warehouse can be turned into Bethel, the house of God. Jacob thought oh, it's just a, a wilderness, but when he had a dream and God opened up his eyes in the dream, sometimes you got to close your eyes for God to open it and you'll see angels as Ascending and descending. And he said, this is none other than the house of God. So you've got to be intentional. You've got to look at your time as sacred. 
Just like we look at certain things as sacred, the time that you set to meet Jesus, I'm going to, you know, if you've got to go, if you've got to leave the house by 6 o'clock, well, you make your prayer time at, at 5 past 5 because you've got, you got to have five minutes to wash your face and brush your teeth. But you've got to set a time, and when you set that time, it must be sacred. You've got to do everything in your power to ensure that you meet the Lord when you make an appointment with Jesus. Just like if you make an appointment with your workmate, with a potential sales, uh, salesperson, or you, you, you make that appointment. Then you've got to set a place, find a place to pray. It's going to be in your bedroom, in the garage. I, I have a, we have a place, I, we have a walk-in wardrobe. That's my place. That's why I, I'm a pacer when I pray. I, I have to walk up and down because if I kneel on my bed, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> I, have to, I have to walk up and down to keep me awake. But that's my place of prayer. And you got to set a time. You have to be intentional about prayer. Number three, uh, the key to prayer is perseverance. That's it. Perseverance. Just don't give up. You think, oh, I can't pray because, you know, I don't, I don't have those secret revelations like brother so-and-so has. And, and you know, I, 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 I can't keep praying because of, you know, uh, whatever situation. But let me tell you, the key to having your prayer answered is perseverance. That's all that Jesus gave us. Remember, he gave us the, the story of the widow in Luke chapter 18. He said there was a city, in verse number 2, uh, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. He didn't fear God. But after what he said to him within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me, she annoys me to death. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And Jesus is saying, if, if that's the key, amen, that this woman would not give up with this judge. She had a, a need for the judge to help her and avenge her you know she she like knocking on his door amen when he go out to his house and jump in the car there she is at his window saying judge you I, I, I need your attention right now and he's like oh this woman he takes off he drives down the road gets to the courthouse and when he gets into the courthouse there she is beside the door judge you you remember me and he says oh he storms right past her gets into his office shuts the door tells his secretary don't answer any calls especially from this woman that's annoying me and as he's sitting there about to open up his newspaper and drink his coffee there's a tap on his window you a judge are you here amen and he said and because i not because i fear god not because i fear man but because this woman will not stop i'm gonna give to her what she's asking for can i tell you folks don't give up on praying for your child on praying for your daughter on praying for your son amen it might not happen right now it may not come when you want it but don't stop 
God, while I've got breath, while I've got a mouth, I'm going to ask you for healing. I'm going to ask you for deliverance. I'm going to ask you. Hallelujah. He is not an unjust judge. Your God loves you with an everlasting love. His love and compassions, they fail not. His mercies are new every morning. He is moved with the feelings of our infirmities. You just keep praying. Hallelujah. I, I got to stop. Musicians, give them some hope. Hallelujah. Pray without ceasing, Paul said. Don't stop praying. Because unceasing or persevering prayer is all Jesus gave us. Perseverance is all we have. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing, he told the Thessalonians. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 8. Watch this. He says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Not just in church. Not just in homes. But even at McDonald's. Pray everywhere. Lifting up holy hands. If there's anything we can learn, don't, don't let this crisis go by without us learning anything from it. What we can learn is that we can become a people of prayer. That we can be so immersed with God, the Spirit of God. The fourth thing is very simply, it's what's really helped me, is to pray the Word. Pray the words of the Bible. I, I know we have our structure. You know, my, my structure, I've followed for years. I, I worship God for a little bit. I thank Him for who He is. I praise Him for who He is. Thank Him for what He's done for me. I repent of my sins and ask God to search my heart. And, and, and I, I, I ask God to, to bless my family, my friends, everybody, the church, of course. And I, the struggle, you know what the struggle is with prayer? Can I be real just for a couple of minutes right now? The struggle with prayer is it can get boring. I, I got some honest folks right here. Here's what's really helped me is by opening up the Bible and beginning to pray the words of the Bible, personalizing it, internalizing it. Read, if you're struggling with prayer, read the book of Psalms. Psalms is a book of prayer. Turn to Psalms 37 once again. 37 chapter 1. Chapter 37 verse 1. This is how you pray. Very simple. You read the book. You read the Bible. What does it say, Sister Martha? I don't have my glasses on. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. You could, I, you could spend a whole 10 minutes. Father, don't let me fret. If I've got some fear in me, take away every fear, every worry. Because of those that are evildoers, let me not be envious. Lord, if I've been envious of my neighbors, they're doing better than I am. They've got more money than I have. Lord, if I've, if I've had that in my heart, remove that from me. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass. 
Lord, I realize that life is so short. For they shall and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord. There it is. And do good. Lord, help me to trust you. I've been trusting so much on, on my material possessions, my, my, the security of my job, the, sec, the security of my physical body that's healthy. Lord, let me not put my trust in that, but let me trust in the Lord. I want to challenge you here today. Pray the word of God. And here's, oh, that's right, that's your Bible. But here's the last thing about watching and praying. Yes, we watch for his coming. Yes, we're watching for what's happening in the world. But watch and pray means also to watch what's going on in here. Because the Bible says to keep or watch your heart watch the heart the mind the emotions everything he says because out of here out of here are the issues of life you have problems with your spouse not because of the outward circumstances sometimes but but sometimes it's what's in here it's your mode of thinking sometimes we can come into a, a situation where our mode of thinking is negative we're depressed and we can't even see the joy but if you change and watch what's in here, can I tell you one of the greatest strengths that you're going to have, the, the greatest skills that you can develop in your life is the ability to be self-aware. To know what's going on in here. You know, sometimes we're going to lose our temper and then we can take a step back and say, why am I stressed? What's going on in here? To watch and to pray he says watch that you don't enter into temptation where does temptation take place it takes place in here the bible says we are tempted when we are enticed by our own lusts <laughs> one bible school student thought when he read watch and pray he meant the dean of the, the college saw him praying by a chair he had a clock right in front of him and he had his hands like this and he was praying and watching the clock through his fingers till his time was finished that's not what it means it means to watch let's all stand I'm sorry for taking so long glory to God I wonder if you could lift your hands wherever you are if you're watching this by live stream let us pray father in the name of Jesus we thank you, Lord, that we can talk to you. We thank you, Lord, that we have this wonderful privilege of coming before you in your throne room to embrace you, not, not to be distancing socially from you, but, but to be immersed by your Spirit, that your Holy Spirit can flow through our hearts, that your anointing can flow through us, that we could come to know you more and more, we would have fellowship with you that we can delight in your presence now not to not to be interrogated always not to be inter interviewed but to simply open up our hearts and allow you to dwell within us lord i pray that you'd help us in this hour anyone that is here that's hungry for you i pray that you would fill us with your holy spirit right now refresh us lord for your word says 
speaking to the church don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the Holy Spirit be filled with the Spirit of God let our hearts be filled right now hallelujah in the name of Jesus I want to invite you to come to this altar if there's anyone here we want to make this a time of prayer we want to make this a time of doing exactly what we've heard from his word that we would talk to God that we would watch and pray what's going on in your heart what's what's going on I want to ask you to take a look in there and see what is stopping you from coming to the Lord and see what is hindering you from giving your all to God it's time to watch what's going on in your heart and to pray and to talk to God hallelujah watch and pray pray and watch oh bless the name of the Lord the Spirit of the Lord is here if you need the gift of the Holy Spirit he can fill you right now if you would step out of your seat and find a place here at this altar as we still spaced out God can give you the gift of the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus name 